what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. I'm with the band. Music and interviews you're going to like. This is Chad Austin on I'm With The Band. In this episode, we have Andy Roney and his alter ego, Henry River. (laughs) (laughs) You got that right. You pronounced it right. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, you're welcome. So uh, for the people who don't know Henry River, why don't we dive into that right away and why we introduced Henry River? The reason I want to choose Henry River is because Andy Roney, that name just kind of gets easily confused with Andy Rooney. And I just thought it would be... A little bit easier for people to remember. Plus, it was a, gave me a way artistically to kind of be more creative. You know? Sure. Kind of not be bound by, like, what that name has always been and that family and this thing. To give you a little bit more creative freedom. And, uh, you know, one of the other reasons that I chose it was because it you know, meant a lot to me. Uh, my fifth-grade grandfather was Heinrich Widener, who was the first person to, one of the first people to settle this area. And uh, he eventually changed his name to Henry Widener. And the name of the rivers, I guess, maybe. I don't know what the Indian name used to be, but somehow uh, it became... Abba-wabba. <laughs> so, now, so now it's Henry River, and uh, so now I'm Henry River. And uh, I just thought it gave me a lot of uh, creative freedom and ability to, uh, to use it. And now it's kind of stuck, and it's great. You, you brought up an interesting point uh, prior to us starting, uh, which I wanted to touch on. Okay. And about having an alter ego and how there's a safety feature there so you can actually go outside the realm of what you're used to yeah it's great yeah i mean i grew up in a baptist church and uh, my mom was the piano slash organ player and my stepdad was the choir director my granddad was the head deacon and it while it gave me a great foundation there it, it those some of those morals you know that you're in kind of limit you a little bit creatively because you say i can't go there i can't say this because what would people think you know so it allows you to to expand beyond that definitely well something else we had talked about was the fact that you don't consider yourself a very prolific singer, and I, <laughs> no. and I have that same issue. Yeah, with, not with you. <laughs> with, with you, I had the same issue. I don't think that you're a, a you know a very prolific singer. No, uh, I started out as a guitar player. Yeah, and wound up handing having my or handed having my plate handed to me mm-hmm. from a bunch of guys who couldn't come close to the musicianship that I was accustomed to. Yeah, but they could write songs. Yeah, I couldn't write a song taught me a valuable lesson this 10 hours a day that I was rehearsing meant nothing yeah. even without yeah. the international notoriety that I achieved from it yeah. didn't mean anything because I couldn't get anybody else to listen to a song like these guys could yeah. joined them immediately but it gave me a, that it was kind of that safety feature because everybody knew my name yeah. but when I was inside that band it was completely different and I had my own uh, safety net yeah yeah it's a, it's a, it's a cool thing to uh, kind of get inside you know for the songwriting process I, I'm kind of like you in that I my first formative years of playing, I picked it up fast. I mean, I started playing when I was about 17, and I didn't take any lessons. I started listening to albums. I got tab books. I started listening to uh, the Jimi Hendrix Blues album, and that uh, changed my life, I mean, completely. Like, it's like what, um, you know, the Coltrane's uh, 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 Love Supreme, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of jazz folks. Right. You know, that's, that's what this album was for me. So I got the tab book. I learned every song in it in about three months. And not saying I could play it with the same flair that Jimmy would, Right. But I at least knew what he was going after. Like, 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 uh, so I did that for years, like you said. I just dived into that. 
didn't even think about singing. Didn't think about writing uh, too many of my own songs. Right. And then all of a sudden, uh, I did find myself writing all the time and doing things, and then just never really pieced it together. I was in a band in college, and uh, and then now just here in like the last I'd say year, I'm really the creative peak, you know, kind of that I've ever experienced. I, I mean, I've probably written like 25 songs in the last year, and I'm trying to decide what to do with them because they all sound so different. I'm How many songs do you think you've written system. overall? Over a hundred, probably. Hmm. I mean, uh, over the years, you know, but they're all like on scraps of pieces of paper. I mean, I've forgotten them. They were do, just do, you, do you ever record them? Um, I got bits and pieces of them over since I got my a Mac in like '09. Mm-hmm. You know, it made it a lot easier. Right. I've done some things on four track back in the day, but you know, it's kind of like I, I view songs. It's like it's, it is what it was. It was just one little thing that happened. Like I've got a song that I did uh, in McGuire's a couple years ago. I invited about forty people and just did it one time, and that's it. And I won't ever play it again. Right. You know that it's. It, I'm viewing this whole thing as kind of like just a. Like I said earlier, an artistic experiment to kind of um, see if I can keep things moving forward and always fresh and keep the songs alive. Because you listen to songs, there's only a few songs that in your entire life that you can listen to over and over. That's right. And I would like to achieve that one day. I'm not there yet. But I'd like to achieve that where these songs can live by themselves. Like they have a life of their own. Have you, uh, have you heard Bon Iver? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's one of my new favorite artists right now. Yeah, I, I started listening to him last year. And, then, uh, and it was one of those that I liked. But then, you know, I found myself falling asleep a lot. You know, like, right. <laughs> you see, there's a Saturday Night Live where he's on there, and yeah, uh, yeah, you see that, yeah, and everybody they said, oh, it must be you know white people music, you know, yeah, white people, white people Butler music, something yes, like right, that, right, know? and like, uh, but no, I love, I love him too. He's got a, there's a lot of soul there. Do you know that uh, he's from Wisconsin? He moved to Chapel Hill. Little uh-huh. girl broke his heart. He moved back to Wisconsin, uh-huh. and now he's famous. And I guess uh, that's interesting. Yeah, like, what's the? Do you g- know what Bon Iver means in, in uh, French? Uh, um, I did. Wait a minute. Uh, Good, good. Uh, You're getting there. Good, Chad. Good winter. <laughs> That's funny. Good winter. Good winter. Good winter. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did know that. Uh, the other guy, or the other person, I'm really into right now is uh, Gautier. Yeah, he's fantastic too. Yeah, yeah. I, he's, I, he's really. It's really. Yeah, he's really polished. I heard that song on the radio, and then all of a sudden, I was like, "How do I know about this?" And look on YouTube, it was a 28 million hits. Yeah, now it's been 80 or 90. It was. Yeah, it was a 52. Like a month later after that, and then a month later. Is it, is and it, it just came out in December. That's crazy. Uh, and he's known so well outside of here that, I mean, we're just now finding out about him. But he's kind of like uh, an Elton John over there. I mean, he's just huge. Yeah. And, uh, or really outside the United States. He's got a couple of albums that have came out, and there's one, uh, and I think I was talking about this in, this in the last episode. I want to say it was called Drawing Blood or something like that. Uh, came out in 2006. Mm-hmm. It was so popular overseas that all these bands got together and did a remake of that album, and each one got to choose a song. Huh. And sometimes they kept his original vocal line. Sometimes they kept his vocal line yeah. that he sang. Yeah. Most time they redid the whole thing. But it's it's fantastic. That's but you awesome. can't buy it around here. You can't even buy it on iTunes. See, I heard Michael Kiwanuka's version of of his hit song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, and it was it's it's weird when you hear. It. I love Michael Kiwanuka. Like he's. He's one of my new favorites as well, mm. and uh, and I've got a song that at some point today I'm going to do that. Like I was listening to that, and it kind of his his whole his whole the, the theme of his song that he has is about you're trying to achieve this dream and this goal, and then you're you're like you feel like you're like right there, and then you can't just break through, you know. So you got to keep believing, basically. I mean, you know, but he right. says it in a very more poetic and beautiful way. Well, now, if yeah. if you were a guitar player and uh, originally, what level of guitar playing do you think that you got to? I mean, you got. One being your basic player who picks yeah. it up and those chords here and there, and you got ten who's somebody who really became very proficient. Yeah, I mean, I could, 
I can play any Led Zeppelin song and all my brother's song that there is. Now, I, I, when it comes to doing the licks exactly how Dwayne Allman and Dickie Betts do them, mm-hmm. no, I'm not there. So if they're tens, you know, I'm about an eight. Gotcha. You know, but I but I can play Machine Gun so that you would hear it and you would think at times that it was Jimi Hendrix because that's what really I, I like songs like that that it's just an E. The whole song's an E. It doesn't change. There's three little different phrasings that the bass does and the guitar does. Right. That. As you're going through the song, it's there's no walls to it. There's no I need to st- sing here. I need to not sing here. This part is not rehearsed. And when I'm most alive with guitar playing is when I'm up there and I don't know what the hell's going on. Right. That's what I love about it. You know. That's why I find like this songwriting process. I hate trying to put something in three minutes. Right. It just it just drives me crazy. But now I understand I need to in order to get what I, my ultimate goal across is the things that I think are important. That I like that are important to me that I want to share. So, you know? uh, who are uh, who are some of your influences in the songwriting realm? Um, James McMurtry right now is probably number one. Um, he's got a song "Hurricane Party" that I have just butchered over and over. It's got 451 words in it, and there's one that I can't get quite right. One phrase he says, uh, "I bought a whiskey for the gypsy, and she turned my leather back into skin." Now that's just a damn good line. Like he's got in that whole song, there's line after line after the after line. Right. And uh, every time I say it, I say it wrong. I said he turned. Uh, I bought a gypsy for the whiskey every time. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, him, he 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 just writes some beautiful songs, and uh, his guitar playing's insane because he's not just going like one note at a time. He's not he's not repeating something that somebody else has done with a lead before. Right. There's an emotion inside him. When he hits that guitar, you feel that emotion. What, what do you think about John Mayer? You know, it's as as. That's I have John Mayer in my head constantly because right. I don't want to be a douchebag. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to sit there and, like, during this interview, me sound self-indulgent. I'm important in this and this right. and that. Because there's a show that, that one, of the, one of the ones he has, like, the hour-long, uh, where he does three different incarnations of his band. Yeah. And he starts talking about it after he comes off the stage. He's like, oh, I did that lick that, you know, like, Buddy Guy did in 1966 when he was playing at Montreux. Oh, I hate myself. Like, that's just, come on. Yeah, he's get a little pompous, but you know what? But really, his playing is fantastic. It is, and he, right. his songwriting and his yeah. lyrics are phenomenal. And yeah. the thing that really sucks is, especially being in the music industry, I hear a lot of behind-the-scenes stories mm-hmm. that are fantastic about him. I know some stories that are just awesome about yeah. him. And you never hear those because he's yeah. always uh, it's always living under the shadow yeah. of these insane things that he's done, these horrible interviews that he's just belittled women. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. And he really should let his music speak because his last album yeah. sucked. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even a little bit good. I mean, yeah. I, there was maybe one song on there that was okay, um, but he has a lot of that Jimi Hendrix feel in his playing. Oh, him! I mean, he studied. He spent a yeah. lot of time in the room. The, all the girls that he didn't get back then, he's getting now. That's right. Okay. Well, like. now, he's got an interesting uh, sidekick that they joined together in uh, 1998. His name is uh, Clay Cook. He's with a band called the Lo Fi Masters out of Atlanta. They mm-hmm. both came down from Connecticut and got together there. Okay, and. Uh, they co-wrote a lot of songs on that first Room for Squares album. Uh, and I, I've met Clay and became an acquaintance of his. Yeah. I can't call him a friend. But the, our last big single, he was supposed to have produced. And when I got a hold of him to say, okay, the album's ready, he says, what? he's playing with Zach Brown. He says, I just got out of the studio and we're getting ready to go on tour. Uh-huh. And I'm like... Well, can I can I publish the email so people will actually believe me? Because <laughs> he liked the song, but he's yeah. a very uh, odd songwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you notice, the John Mayer stuff is getting more and more uh, structured as it goes along. But his earlier stuff was a little bit more out there, just a little bit. Yeah. It was still pop oriented. That was Clay's influence. Okay, very interesting guy to check out. That's he's cool. got some I'll, music. I'll look at that. I'll look at that. I mean, I've, it's the the whole songwriting process. What I find most fascinating, like I'd rather be involved in that construction of the songs. Rather than the performance of them, any day. Right. I just I love sitting there and being okay. 
is there enough breath in between these verses here? Is it, you know, it, it's, is, is there, does this chorus take away from the verse? Does it live up to it? You know, are these words as good as they can be? Is, right. You know, where do you want to put a solo here? Do you not want to put a solo? You know? Well, the like, thing on I the breath. that whole process. The thing on the breath, like if I have two phrases, I'll say phrase, and then I'll just go, <sighs> phrase. <laughs> and if it feels right, then I'll keep that in the song. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I've got a good sounding board, Jeff Osborne, who, you know, some of the folks here know. Right. Um, I'll send him stuff. And then, and then there's a song I got, Hollywood, um, that I recorded that I watched uh, – episode of the X Factor, the very first one, and I got so sick after watching it. They were forcing music down our throat, and I hated this manufacturing process of music mm-hmm. that they made it become. Anyway, wrote it, sent it to Jeff, and he was like, you need to lengthen that slide solo one more, you know, whole bar. And I did it, and boom, it opened up, song was done, and, you know, it was great. And uh, it's just funny how things like that happen, like uh, that whole, there's a song I'm going to do as well today about Pastor Worley and Maiden. And uh, one of the, one of the <laughs> everybody kind of, I think, knows who that is. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, I was at work when it happened. And luckily, I had my guitar at work. And, uh, and I sit there, and then I wrote that song in about 15 minutes. And it was like the first line goes, you know, some people preach their hate so loud, like a crown they wear so proud, all these things that get passed down. I had a song. Like once you have the endings, just like Bob Dylan used to use, you know, you'd have your two lines of lyrics, and then your third line, you repeat that. And that's what you use to form the whole song. You know, that's it's, I gotta stop you. It's interesting yeah. that you said Bob Dylan because uh, I worked out with a guy today who told me to tell you hello. He's also the one who told me about the Henry River background. Oh, who's that? Eric Bider. Oh, yeah, dude, Eric's awesome. Yeah, he actually uh, I just signed him to my uh, to my label. Awesome. Yep. He's, he uh, he helped me with a song that I'm uh, I'm not gonna do it today, but but he helped me with one as well. He's fantastic, man. He's got the biggest heart of anybody I know in giving. The first performance I had at Main Cell was the first time I've ever gone and done six songs in a row of my own material <laughs> right. 30 minutes and he comes up to me right after it and he was like dude that was fantastic that's what he said he said some very nice things about you and oh. he said uh, you were destined to be another uh, uh, Bob Dylan huh. well, yeah. that's pretty Good, hot yeah. phrase there to quote Nicolas Cage <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a he, he's a good dude. He's a, he did a, a rendition of the Rolling Stones "Midnight Mile," mm-hmm. and I said, "You come into my studio and let me produce it for you." Yeah, and uh, it won't cost you anything. He came in and we we hit it off. We worked really well together. So he's he's definitely on the uh, the Lady Dancing Records label now. Man, I hope he's on. Man, he's got a lot of things going. Yeah, he does. He's got the whole Benton Blunt thing. Yep, and he's got uh, the King Biscuit Trio. King Biscuit Trio, and then and then you know being a co songwriter with Henry Ritter, but Henry River. You know he's got it all. He's got, he's got the whole thing. Yeah, it's well, crazy. Why don't uh, Why don't we uh, segue into a couple of songs? Okay. Uh, go ahead and set them up, and then uh, we'll take a listen. Okay. All right. This song is called "Now I See." Turn my head around. Turn my 
head around Since I was 18 I've been running around Trying to find this dream Now I see I'm right where I'm supposed to be Turn my head around. You turn my head around. You turn my head around. Well, I was lost, but now I'm found. Well, I was blind. But now I see Well, I was lost But now I'm found Well, I was blind But now I see Now I see Now I see You and me Right here where we're supposed to be This next song is uh, called High, Comma, Low. Uh, so uh, basically that's how it looks anyway whenever it's uh, written down on the, the CD album. But it's called High, Low. And, uh, you know, it's kind of about this area. Here it goes. town looks like a good place to sit of boots down there's a church and there's a choir high on a mountain in the peace of quiet if your mind is racing you think you're gonna explode might be time to get off this road if your mind needs racing Got nowhere to go. Come now, find me high and lay low. We got a baby 
we got a house and we got money well at least right now we got a love that's so strong so strong and scared it's all gonna go wrong when your mind is racing you think you're gonna explode come on now you got to get off that road when your mind needs racing and you got nowhere to go come on and find me we'll get high and lay low There's a man named Henry River And like his name, he goes on forever He's got a house, he's got a fire Come on inside to the peace and quiet If your mind is racing, you got nowhere to go Come now and find me, we'll get high my knees racing, you got nowhere to go. Come now, find me, we'll get high and lay low. Sometimes at night, we go out to bars and we pretend. We're great big stars The next morning Coffee is king Our heads are rolling Like they went through a guillotine If your mind is racing And you got nowhere to go Come on and find me We'll get high You got nowhere to go You're gonna explode now Come on and find me We'll get high We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. All right, man. Hey, I've actually got something for you, Chad, that I came in today. I was reading a little bit of your bio Uh oh. and some of your interests. Now, I couldn't bring a telescope in here, so I brought a bottle of red wine. Oh. So, so, so I thought maybe. Well, thank you. It, it, it's got a screwed cap, so if you want to open it up, feel free. I mean, really? I'll sit here and drink it with you right out of the bottle. I got no problems with that. Go ahead. This would be a first. Yes. <laughs> and let's see what kind of. Uh, now, uh, Andy has just given me. I'm sorry, Henry. Well, did Andy or Henry give this to me? Um, at that very moment, it was Andy River. Andy River. Yeah. <laughs> a little, a little of both. Yeah. This is a big house red. It's a red wine, which means it's a blend. Uh, we have 13 percent alcohol by volume. Let's see if we can find out what kind of grapes that we have in this wonderful red. Yeah. Now, have you said the name yet? Oh, I haven't. Uh, big house red. Because are, I'm are, looking for a sponsor. 
life. Oh, right. And so, if they can be my sponsor, they can give me all the wine they want. Excellent. I'll just play wherever they want. They send me to Sonoma, wherever. All right. Well, th- here we go. Cheers. Here we go. Yeah. Go, 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 go. All right. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Man, we never did that growing up in our Baptist church. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's good. It's a good, uh, you know, $8 bottle of wine. It's as good as you can get. Uh, thank you. Hey, hey, you know what? My standby wine is cheaper than that, which is Barefoot. Do you get that at Audi? I have. Oh, well, no, I have a, like a half Audi, half any. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No, um, you can get it at uh, Lowe's. You used to be able to get Harris Teeter till the dumbasses closed down. Yeah. And I'm really angry about that. Yeah. Oh that, yeah. That no, was that. Our producer, she doesn't that. care for Harris Teeter. She's a Food Lion fan. Well, Harris Teeter's meats were the best in town by far. Black Angus. Yeah. Lowe's. I mean, I love Lowe's. I hate the new construction. You got to get around the Y and the X and the Z, whatever. I don't, whatever that design concept oh, yeah. is. That's getting ready to cl- yeah. shut down. Oh, they're, is it really? Mm-hmm, they're going to move that one. That was an experimental store. Okay. And everybody hates it. Huh. Because of, of what you're talking about. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so, uh, what I want to ask you about. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> Maybe not interested enough for this mesh TV, though. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, thank you for the wine. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's a, now, you know, uh, now future guests. <laughs> take uh, please take note from, from Andy <clears throat> a River uh, we have uh, figured out the right way to do the interviews <laughs> yeah we're good we just, we just bounce around That's, and now if there's any underage kids you'll get Jesus juice instead <laughs> like Michael Jackson stuff that's funny that's yeah. what he gave out that's what he called it he called wine Jesus oh, okay we gotta Jesus keep going <laughs> okay the producer said keep going she throws things at me we have a she song does. right there which one Jesus uh, juice Jesus juice <laughs> let's write that write down write that down <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah, we can definitely we can come up. There. We, can bang, we can bang that out in like uh, seven days. <laughs> that's great. Okay, let's talk about you. Uh, you went to Appalachian. That's right. And uh, what was your uh, major? Uh, double major in advertising and marketing and broadcast production. Really? And uh, minored in philosophy and psychology. So you don't know if you're coming or going, but you, but you no want to talk idea. to everybody about it. <laughs> I know. I know I'm bruised all the time because I'm just bouncing around off stuff. You know? <laughs> so what do you do now? Um, work for Catawba Paper Box Company and uh, also have my own design branding company, Roni Design, that I share with my wife who's a fantastic interior designer. Oh, wow. And uh, so we're both, we've got creative juices kind of flowing everywhere. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, it kind of helps pay the bills. It allows me to have... An avenue where I, it's almost like you were talking about a safety net earlier. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I've got this day job where, you know, it's it's set, it's routine, it's great, it's fantastic, and it's uh, it's a, it's a really good job, and, you know, and pays good. But then at nighttime, when I'm doing this art, I'm not worried about selling it. Right. I'm not having to worry about if people are really liking it or not. You know, it's like I found a, a niche of things that I like. There's music out there that's close to what I want, and I'm just trying to do something that's exactly what I want. You know, that's missing out there, I think. I'm not saying it's that special or that unique. It's just a blend of what I like, which which are usually like some wit, maybe a little bit of humor, some intelligent lyrics, cool guitar playing, um, great beats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's other bands out there now that are kind of doing some things, like the Avert Brothers. They're, they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. They don't have any virtuosity in their music. They don't really take you anywhere musically. Like, it's a high energy. It's, there's nothing really terribly cerebral cerebral about it at the same time. Right. You know, and... and uh, 
you know, there's a lot of other bands like the Black Keys. Man, they move you. You know, they right. move your feet, and it's great. And again, the lyrics, they're like the, the, the old, you know, we got my gold on the ceiling, you know, stuff like that. They're saying something, yeah. Have you heard the local guys, but, uh, Belfast uh, boys? I live beside Adrian. Oh, do you really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, he just want, he want, he keeps going, and that accent is fake. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, they're one of my favorite locals. Yeah, they're, 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 they got a beautiful sound. They really, really yeah. do. Mm-hmm. They really do. And uh, Alan's playing is uh, phenomenal. I mean, really. Yes, he is. Uh, and they work well together. Yeah, a- Adrian is, uh, you know, a published poet. And, oh, yeah. You know, he's, he's uh, notorious, I guess. Would that be the best word, you know, <laughs> over there in Ireland, you know, and here. And he's doing some great things. He sits out on his front porch and writes, and I sit on my back porch and write. And there's some little vortex of things that's happening there right now that, you know, the train comes at midnight. It's kind of like Harry Potter, you know, <laughs> you kind of go to this other, you know, other land or, or, you know, and, and, and what's and, the name of the platform? Might <laughs> <laughs> be Chronicles of Narnia. Maybe no, that's I get confused. Chronicles of Narnia. That's where, that's where <laughs> they go. You know, and so, you know, he and I were talking about it the other day and, and it's like, uh, I got this song that I'm working on too. It's called, uh, I'm going to name the album Grass So Green. I'm hoping to put it out in the next six months. We'll see. It's just got to be perfect. It's one of the reasons I've been waiting. Now, are you going to do this? In, what kind of in- instrumentation are you talking about on this album? Is um, it going to be full band stuff? Or is it going to be eclectic on some of it? depends on what the song deserves, you know? How, you got, how do you serve the song best to be cheesy, you know? Right. Um, and it all depends what it needs, but uh, there's a couple of musicians here I'm going to feature. Eric Bider's going to be one of them, uh, Matt Decker is going to be one. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Freeman's a violinist that's going to come in and play some things. Um, I'm going to do a lot of different things. I'm going to do some banjo, guitar, um, some slide work, some singing, um, banging on some some percussion as well. Excellent. So we're going to have a lot feature a lot of different people, and that one of my goals is to establish something in this area where it's basically Henry River and friends, or the Henry River Band, as you want to call it, where I get other people and you just highlight what people are good at in this area. You know, and, and bring them all together because there's so many fantastic musicians. I mean, just in Hickory, but yeah. then especially when you broaden it 60 miles to Asheville, Boone, Morganton, you know, Happy Valley and, and other places. Right. You know, it's funny that you said that because uh, my band, The Logic, yeah. and then my solo stuff are two different things, mm-hmm. even though I'm I'm kind of the creative force behind the logic so it still is a lot me even i mean i welcome all the camar- not just camaraderie but all the collaborations mm-hmm. I, i'm big into collaboration i absolutely love it mm-hmm. but i had started working on the the new chad austin solo album but i want to call it friends and i've already spoken to several musicians and that incidentally yeah. eric Botter was one of them awesome yes so he'll he'll co- cooperate yeah, he's my a music whore, isn't he? yeah he is <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rob Pritchard from Throwdown Jones, mm-hmm. uh, he's been invited on. There's been several different people, and I don't care who sings, I don't care who plays. That, that's that's not the uh, that's not the issue. We, we if we don't work together, we fail together. Exactly. And uh, there's plus, places. I'm not. I mean, I'm not prolific enough of a singer like you were talking about earlier to sit up there and, and entertain people for two hours. I need right. help. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I and plus, you don't want to hear me hear me go on and on and on about these rants about what I you know hate or love. You know, the, well, hey, look you know? at Adrian. Yeah, he tells the same jokes every show. <laughs> he tells the hand waving joke, which I absolutely love. <laughs> That's funny. You tell him I said that. <laughs> okay, we'll do it. Yeah. Tell me about July 21st at the uh, Market on Main, oh, Main City right. Sellers. Yeah, yeah, two fantastic musicians, um, Al Petaway and Amy White. Yeah, they're uh, they're going to be coming down from Asheville, and Al was a photographer for, Nat, for I guess, an editor for the uh, National Geographic in D.C. And really, he's also known as a great acoustic musician doing Celtic Appalachian folk and things like that. And uh, his wife. Amy White can play by eight different instruments. and uh, She died recently in England, didn't she? Who? Amy Whitehouse. 
<laughs> oh, that's bad. <laughs> you, is that where you put the, the stop edit? Where do you put that's that? That's where you put the little... <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Here, have some more wine. Yeah. Here. Um, no, <laughs> so anyway, they're coming to the main cellar July 21st, and my father-in-law, um, Skipper Smith, is helping to promote this event. And it's going to be... Uh, you know, some uh, sit-down dinner at Main Cellar about six o'clock if you'd like so to, to have that, and then the show starts at eight o'clock. Tickets are only fifteen dollars. That's awesome. I yeah. really like the shows like that. They've done some shows out there where it's the mm-hmm. dinner and a show. It's definitely a sit-down show, probably more for you know for adults that like uh, a lot of instrumental music. It's very soothing, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it kind of reminds you of yesteryear. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So uh, we went through the guitars to a songwriter. Um, what else do you want to tell us about? Um, you said you had a lot of stuff to talk about. I remember you saying I do, that when you walked in. I do in. have a lot of you stuff. You said to I can talk just keep about. on going. You said that. I can, can talk about. I can talk about the guitar sound that Dickie Betts during One Way Out when he <laughs> hits his uh, those feedback moments that are in his guitar that aren't feedback moments. You know, he's hitting them and they they drive down. And the same thing Clapton was getting with Cream of when I hear these kind of sounds and how they make me feel. You know, it's that's that's what people look for when they go to things. They go to church and they go to other things, and that's what they where they find it. You know, when I hear that, that's what hits me hard, and, and you know, in my soul. And it's like, that's what all this music does, and it's so important to me. And, like, I don't want to put anything out there unless it's just awesome. Right. You know, and it's getting there. You know, and it's like, plus you got things like, like for example, my brother, the first albums he ever gave me when I was 11 years old. Um, I think he was trying to get me to stop listening to PM Dawn and, you know, <laughs> and other stuff like that. Um, but he gave me Led Zeppelin Four, Rush, Exit, Stage Left. And uh, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Now, if that's what you start out with and that's what you, you hear, um, it kind of establishes a precedent for what the rest of your life's kind of about. You know, like there's a standard. I'm not saying I'm gonna write a Dark Side of the Moon, I'm not saying I'm gonna write a Led Zeppelin 4, but there's something that's there that's going to, uh, that ha- has me, has just like this goal that I feel like I need to live up to that's gotta be really special. Right. You know, and that's what I want, I, I kind of want for my music. Yeah. Uh, so you know, that's interesting that you said that because one of the reasons why I would love to have my own identity like a Henry mm-hmm. River is because a lot of the music that I listen, I listen to, the the art, the um, musicians are so high. I mean, their standards are so high. Like, oh, I thought you okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like uh, Sting is one of my favorite artists. Peter yeah. Gabriel is one of my favorite artists. John yeah. Mayer, his writing is, one, is some yeah. of my favorite. Um, these these people who who just keep stretching their creative talents more mm-hmm. and more, as well as their their musicianship, mm-hmm. and the unfortunate side effect of that is that you start comparing yourself to them. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know some people out there are going to hate me for saying it, but like REM, yeah, you know, I know they got a couple of cool tunes, mm-hmm. but musician wise, they and no. Yeah. So I, if I wrote a song like REM, I would not think twice about it. But the funny part is, people would actually probably mm-hmm. like that song better than the ones I kept trying to make technically perfect. Yeah. Gotcha. You know, it's it's funny with, with music. You know, sometimes you can literally strike a chord in people, you know. And sometimes it's not that you play a G chord. It's it's how you hit it, you know. It's that exact moment and feeling that you put into that. It does not about mathematically how does that chord sound. Right. There's a feeling that goes through that, that, that I find anyway, of musicians that I like. Why do I like this guy so good? Right. He's playing things just like other people would play, but it just hits me in a different way, you know? Right. And you try to, th- so, you know, when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm playing, I try to be as present as possible and in that moment and capture what happened in the original inception of the song, yeah. which was sometimes divine inspiration. Right. Like Bob Dylan, for example. I'm not comparing myself to him in any way, but he said, man, I didn't write these songs. These songs wrote me. 
Right. You know, it's it's one of those things. He was just there. But he, he said, but he, he said, was in the middle I didn't find these songs. Yeah. These songs defined me. You see, I, <laughs> see, I'm trying to get away from these comparisons with Bob Dylan <laughs> that all these people that are talking about Henry River keep saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. what about uh, any upcoming gigs in the future? Um, uh, as of yet, there are zero. So my goal is to finish the album, put it out there, and then uh, that's that. So there's a Facebook page where it's a. Uh, I guess Facebook.com slash Henry River Music. And mm-hmm. there's Henry River Band, in case I think you want to be my friend. <laughs> and, uh, I'll be your friend. You know, yeah. So, uh, so you know, you got those two places. I got some stuff on SoundCloud, some stuff that you can purchase on Bandcap. But I'm going to put some stuff out there uh, that people can download for free. Yeah, excellent. Listen to, put some links. Yeah, yeah good. So um, you've said earlier that uh, some of these songs you've only done a few times. Uh, I just, all the four songs you're here today have been written in the last um, three weeks. And one I wrote the chorus to last night. And uh, at, to me, it feels like when a song is done, like it's dead. Yep. I don't know how to explain it. It just, it just, it. That's because you're constantly open. rewriting. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and I, I want it to feel as fresh and alive. And I don't care if it's bad. I don't care if I sit here and bomb today. You know, like it's, it's the intent, you know, that's there. There's going to be moments that are good because I'm trying to be open to the creative forces or divine inspiration, whatever you right. want to call it. You know, like I'm just trying to be open to it, you know. Well, no, that's good that that you're uh, willing to do that because yeah. I've noticed people who write a lot, the songs are never really complete. Uh, the song I was talking about that uh, the Clay Cook guy yeah. was interested in, he heard that in 2001 or 2002. So the song's almost 10 years old. Well, it's 10 years old now. Yeah, It's been through seven or eight rewrites. And only until I put it out publicly is the song officially dead as you yeah. call it yeah and then i kind of let it go and i'm looking for the new inspiration yeah yeah that's true it's a it's a it's a fun thing to you know to be a part of you know and it's it's yeah, it, we're so self-critical at least i am you know of what's oh, yeah. happening you know and then sometimes it's just hard to sit back and enjoy it you know it's rare like there's a song called axe that i have that matt decker with i think matador whatever's production um, company has a studio that he's doing mm-hmm. he's doing the drums for it right now and this song when i wrote it i was reading grapes of wrath a lot and the idea of these people, America, people that were in America, you know, the Dust Bowl area, you know, that were losing. This is the third time I've read it, so you know, I'm starting to memorize it. You know, um, the the idea of these people living and losing their homes, you know, was the exact same thing that people are going through now. And all of a sudden, I find myself developing and writing this song that took about a month of writing all the parts and writing all the drums and the bass and everything. And I spent a good probably 60 hours in it, in my computer and writing it and editing things. And it, it's my favorite song I've ever done. It says exactly what I want to say. The, the guitar parts are perfect. The, everything about it is perfect. The drum parts are, are like perfect, you know, mm-hmm. and then now it's, it's just is what it is. I'm probably never going to play it live. You, you know, know really he's going to do the drums, and then that's it, yeah. Uh, in my experience of doing songs like that, where everything gets, where you got your exact message out, mm-hmm. it'll be the one song that nobody pays attention to. Oh, nobody likes it. Yeah. I love it. I, my buddy Ryan Lutz said he listened to it every day before he goes to work out because it pumps him up. Right. It's like, it's, and to me, it's everything that I love in music, and nobody around here that I played it for really likes it. Yeah, I, I share find your it pain. either odd or, or some, yep. something's quirky about it. But I mean, that's that's the whole point of this. It's it's I'm doing this for me. Yeah, I'm not doing this for anybody else. I'm writing songs that I want to listen to. Well, good for you. That's yeah. the way it should be. Yeah. I mean, I really believe that. That's yeah. uh, our last album was that way. Yeah. And it, to me, it's my shining achievement. And nobody gave a damn. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I've seen it as bookshelf. Yeah. People well, use it to put drinks on. They don't care. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's cool. I don't want to sound, you know, pretentious anyway. But I've got a man. I've got a wonderful life. You know, I've got a, a good job. I've got first and foremost a beautiful, lovely wife, and I've got beautiful, almost three-year-old daughter and a little two-month-old boy. When was your uh, two-month-old born? Uh, 
the <laughs> radio edit oh, April 23rd oh good yes April 23rd sorry okay. I started getting confused with July 27th so my little girls come uh, she'll, <laughs> when she'll be three but anyway what I'm saying is that's that I got all that to fall back on so to speak you know right like if this dies who cares that's right you know right. good for you you sounds yeah. got your head on your shoulders pretty well appreciate it well uh, why don't you uh, play us a couple more tunes from the okay. album we'll and, do and lightness alright man one last sip of wine first alright <laughs> I might join him mm. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers <laughs> Last two songs I'm going to do is about this area. Uh, and, and one of the songs is uh, about a pastor. I don't even know the name of the church, but he's out in Maiden. His name is Pastor Worley. And uh, this song pretty much says everything that I'd like to say to and about that guy. Um, that not everybody in Catawba County feels the same way as this man. And, in fact, uh, if there are people out there that, that don't like this, please spread it. You know, spread, come, come and find me. Tell me you don't like it. I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to have an intelligent conversation with you. Might be the first of your life. So, uh, all right. Close enough to being in tune. All right, here we go. Some people preach the hate so loud. Like a crown, they wear so proud of these things that get passed down. Look at him drag his knuckles around, turn the servants into hounds. All these things that get passed down. Well, we don't have to sit and take this shit. A man who thinks he's God is a lunatic. When you lose your soul to the pulpit, you'll never get it back, you'll never get it back, oh Lord, would you help this man? People preach the hate so loud Like a crown that wears so proud Of these things that get passed down On one side is ignorance On the other's forgiveness All this hate we must lay down Well, we don't have to sit and take this shit a man who thinks he's God is a lunatic When you lose your soul to the pulpit You'll never get it back, you'll never get it back Oh Lord, would you help this man? Well some say he was born this way But I say he was made this way One more time, come on we don't have to sit and take this shit. A man who thinks he's God is a lunatic. When you lose your soul to the bullpit, you'll never get it back. You'll never get it back. Oh, Lord, would you help this man? Well, some say he was made this way. Well, I say he was born. Way. Twice. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you.
I reversed it there at the end again, but it's okay. Either one works. Did I hear you sneeze? No, I didn't. My guitar is so loud, it's almost deafening. It's just, uh, it sounds great, though. Yeah. Oh, I'm playing a Martin guitar out there, too. Because you can't really blur out things, you know, on the radio like you do on TV if you don't, you know, your brand isn't there. So Martin guitar. So Martin, if you want to send me one. I'm like the NASCAR of songwriters. All right, so this right here will be the final song I want to do. And this song here is a story that happened to my dad back in, I'd say, 1960 or 61. I think he was about 13 years old. And his dad was a bootlegger. His name was J.W., had a poker house. And they used to make runs back from Waynesville to Hickory and, uh, and Wilkesboro and so forth. And this song is about an experience that happened to them when they got uh, pulled over by the police right on I-40. And my dad actually tried to outrun them and ran out of gas. And uh, so this song and this story is told from the point of view of my father, Larry Roney. Well, I was just 13, first time I got caught. I was just 13, first time I got caught. We're heading down for Waynesville, whiskey in the car. I've been all around this world, been all around this world. Well, an officer will head the Henry River Road. Officer will head the Henry River Road. He said, I don't care who you know, I'm taking this here load. I've been all around this world, I've been all around this world. Well, J.W., my daddy, stepped out the side of the car. J.W., my daddy, stepped out the side of the car. And he put his gun against the head of that officer. I've been all around this world, I've been all around this world. J.W., my daddy, listen to your son. J.W., my daddy, listen to your son. Go ahead and put down your gun. You know I got this one. I've been all around this world. Been all around this world. Next morning we went to the judge's private chamber. Next morning we went to the judge's private chamber. We put the money in the Bible and that judge heated caper. Well, been all around this world, been all around this world. J.W., my daddy, he couldn't read or write. J.W., my daddy, couldn't read or write. Well, he could sure leave a mark on your backside. Well, I've been all around this world, I've been all around this world. Well, Lulu, my mama, she dead and gone. Lulu, my mama. She didn't gone. She went to check the mail, and a Chevy came along. Well, 
She's been all around this world She's been all around this world Now mama and papa Little sister make three Mama and papa Little sister make three They all gone to heaven Soon they'll see me yeah. I've been all around this world Been all around this world Up on the bluish mountains, there I lay my head. Up on the bluish mountains, there I lay my head. With a guitar on my shoulder and a pick in my hand, yeah. I've been all around this world, I've been all around this world. Well, up on the bluish mountains, there I lay my head. Up on the bluish mountains, there I lay my head. A guitar on my shoulder and a pick in my hand, yeah. I've been all around this world, I've been all around this world. I've been all around this world, I've been all around this world. How funny was that? As soon as I said pick in my hand, it dropped out of my hand. <laughs> it went You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.